encouraged by this word. May it knock every lie that's living in us out so that a way is made for the truth and for life. And Lord, we just declare these things in Jesus' name. Church, can you say amen? Amen. We're continuing in a servant's service. And Kimberly, if you don't mind, just a few more minutes of playing. I'm just not ready for that abrupt end right now. You don't have to play the whole time, but just, just a few more moments if you, if you don't mind. A servant's servant is the series that we're in, and today's message is entitled Living by the Spirit's Power. Church, can you say power? Power is what you should have felt just a few moments ago as the Spirit of the Lord began to move in this place. And what I'm trying to tell you is that the Holy Spirit just doesn't move so that we can have a good time at church. The Holy Spirit moves so that we might be able to live by his power so that when you leave this church today and you go to a restaurant or you go home or tomorrow when you celebrate Memorial Day, you need to know that the Spirit of God is there and he's willing to move upon you at any time. But you have to belong to him. You have to hunger and thirst after his presence. The Holy Spirit is real. He is God on earth right now. He is the Spirit of Jesus. Jesus Christ, who he sent here for us, the believer. And the Holy Spirit is not just so that the, the praise team only gets through one song before he falls. The Holy Spirit is so that you can get through Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday. The Holy Spirit is the one that leads us and guides us into all truth so that when the lies of the enemy come up against us, we've got truth on board that leads us in the right path. And his name is Holy Spirit. Church, can you say Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is real. He's just as real as the Father. He's just as real as the Son. He is God, and he is here, and he desires to live in his people, and he is powerful. Oh my goodness, the Holy Spirit is powerful. When you look at nature, you see the power of the Holy Spirit, because in the beginning, darkness covered the face of the waters of the earth, and there was nothing except the Holy Spirit hovering over the waters. And then when God began to speak and say, let there be light and the land and the animals and the waterfalls and the trees and the birds, all these things came into creation out of nothing except God's word and his power. That's the Holy Spirit that lives in us right now. Jesus Christ was crucified on the cross and uh, for three days he lay in a borrowed tomb. And on that third day, the Holy Spirit that I'm talking about today came upon him and raised him from the dead. And that same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives inside of us too. I'm talking about the same Holy Spirit, not a generic Holy Spirit, not an off-brand Holy Spirit, not a lesser Holy Spirit, but the same Spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead 
also lives inside of us and will raise our mortal bodies on the day that Jesus calls us home as well. Church, he is what, miss, is what is missing. The Holy Spirit is the power of God. The Holy Spirit is righteousness and peace and truth. The Holy Spirit is the reason that any of us have a chance at this thing called redemption. The Holy Spirit is the one who leads us and guides us into all truth. He is our power source. Yes, we read the Bible, but the Holy Spirit is the one that brings the pages to life. And yes, we try to live a righteous life, but without the Holy Spirit, we cannot live a righteous life. Listen, we can't afford to just go through the motions of church and religious services. Without the Holy Spirit, we cannot even please God because the Holy Spirit is the one who tells us what the heart of the Father is. The Holy Spirit is the one that leads us and guides us into a place that we can call God Father, that we can call him Abba. The Holy Spirit is the one that empowers us to live a life that pleases God. You can't do it without the Holy Spirit. Good intentions are not as powerful as the Holy Spirit. Church, you need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You need God's Spirit living on the inside of you. You don't need a cold, dead religion living inside of you. You need a living God. You need the Spirit of God living on the inside of you. You need Jesus on board. You need his mind. You need his power. You need his resources. That's exactly who the Holy Spirit is, and he's come to give us power. And as a guarantee that his servants will be sons and daughters that please him, he has given us his own spirit. Church, you say amen? All right, Kimberly, oh pregnant one, you may be seated at this time. Let's give Kimberly a hand this morning. Our whole praise team, God bless our praise team this morning. Last week, we began talking about God's good plan. He has a good plan for us. And if you didn't hear last week's message, please hop on the app and listen to that message. Or if you have the app, you can also read the notes from that message as well. And we saw that God has a good plan uh, for all of us. And that plan is powered by Jesus. And just as a quick refresh, refresher, we go to Ephesians chapter 1 beginning in verse 13, and it says this, and now you Gentiles have also heard the truth that the good news that God saves you. And when you believed in Christ, church, say this with me, when I believed in Christ, he identified me as his own by giving me the Holy Spirit who he promised long ago. Thank you. Now, verse 14 says this, the spirit is God's guarantee. So we know that God is not a man that he should lie. When God speaks, it's going to come to pass. So it didn't even have to say guarantee in the Bible right here, because anytime God speaks, it's a guarantee. But in verse 14, it says that the spirit is God's guarantee that he will Give us the inheritance he promised and that he has purchased us to be his own people. He did this so that we would praise and glorify him. Let's go to Acts right now. Acts chapter 1, beginning in verse 1 through 8. 
here we hear about the promise of the Holy Spirit. Listen to me. More than you need car insurance, more than you need life insurance, more than you need food today, you need the Holy Spirit. Every single one of you needs the Holy Spirit active in your life, and you need to be able to hear him, and you need to be able to obey him. You need to be able to partner with him every day. Every day, you should wake up thinking and saying and knowing, Holy Spirit, I partner with you today. You are my helper. You're the one that's going to help me live righteously. You're the one that's going to lead me into truth. Otherwise, it's just our good intentions. It's our pride. It's religion that tries to get you throughout the day. And that's why we fall over and over and over again, because we're not trusting in the power of God who lives through the Holy Spirit. So let's look at this promise. Acts 1 verse 1. In my first book, I told you, Theophilus, about everything Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving his chosen apostles further instructions through the Holy Spirit. So church, if Jesus used the Holy Spirit, do you think you need to be? Yes. This says, your Bible says that he gave his apostles instructions through the Holy Spirit. So if Jesus lived through the power of the Holy Spirit, every single one of us need to be living through the power of the Holy Spirit as well. Verse 3, during the 40 days after he suffered and died, he appeared to the apostles from time to time, and he proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive, and he talked to them about the kingdom of God. You'll notice something, church, that Jesus was always talking about the goodness of God and the kingdom of God because the Holy Spirit lived in him. When the Holy Spirit lives in you, you'll talk about godly things. When the Holy Spirit lives in you, you'll hunger for godly things. When the Holy Spirit lives in you, there'll be things in this world that bother you. The songs you used to listen to, you won't be able to listen to them anymore if the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you. The movies you used to watch, you won't be able to watch them anymore if the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. Well, what do you mean, Pastor? If Jesus were to come back to earth and live with you for a week, the way that you behave, that's how you should be behaving with the Holy Spirit lives in you. Jesus might say, well, don't, it's seven o'clock. Don't you usually watch Netflix at seven? Oh, no, Lord, not tonight. We're going to fast and we're going to pray. We're going to get in the word tonight, Lord. No, Netflix, mm -mm. I'm going to be canceling that as soon as you leave. Right? The way that you would live in front of Jesus is the way that you should live with Jesus living on the inside of you. Come on. It's not about religion, we always say. We say it's not about religion. We say it's about relationship. But your relationship should break through forth into holy religion. And perfect religion is to remember the orphans and the widows and to keep yourself spotless from the world. That's what religion is. So if you look up religion in your Bible, what is religion? Perfect religion is that. Remember the orphans and the widows and live uh, your life in a spotless way from the world. Amen? Amen. So let's move on to verse 4. Once he was eating with them, can you say a servant servant? That's the name of the series. Okay, Jesus was the greatest servant of all. 
And now he's calling us to be his servants. So he's the top servant and we're the servant's servant, okay? And when Jesus was here, he had servants that obeyed him. And that's how the gospel message moved forward. In verse four, we see this. It says this. Once he was eating with them, he commanded them. Wow. Did you know that Jesus commands us to do things? Did you know that the Bible is not suggestions, right? That they're commandments and that if he is your Lord and if you are his servant, that the, that the words in the Holy Bible are not just suggestions. They are commandments, okay? Jesus commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised. As I told you before, John baptized with water, but in just a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Come on, that's Jesus promising the Holy Spirit to his disciples. Verse 6, so when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? The disciples had a problem. They've got the same problem many of us have. Like right even in the midst of being with Jesus, they still had a carnal mind that would kick in sometimes. They would think about themselves. They would think about what about now instead of throwing all their life down at his feet saying nothing else matters but you. The disciples back then could be a little carnal, a little uh, earthly minded, just as we can sometimes as well, too. And he told and, and they asked him, is this the time for the kingdom? Verse seven, he replied, the father alone has the authority to set those dates and time and they are not for you to know. And verse eight says this, but you will receive power. Church, can you say power? Oh my goodness. Come on. America needs a powerful church. We don't just need a church that comes to a building on Sundays and sings songs and then goes out and lives however. We need, the, the, the world needs a church that has the power of God. And that's what the Holy Spirit comes to deliver to God's people. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. That's what Jesus said. There's an empowerment that comes when you have the Holy Spirit. I couldn't do anything I'm doing right now without the Holy Spirit. The only reason I'm in Lima right now is because of the Holy Spirit. I was living like the world. I was living crazy in Columbus, Ohio, and I finally gave my life to Jesus, and I asked him to fill me with his Holy Spirit, and he did it and he gave me power and he said, I want you to move back to Lima and help your father at the church. But I told Jesus this morning in my office that my dad is dead now. My father is dead now and I'm still here. So what am I to be doing now? Still helping your father. But it's not the natural father. It's Abba, right? So the Holy Spirit comes upon you to help you and to give you power. So if you're a Christian that struggles with sin and you keep falling over and over again and, and, and sin just to, it seems to be a big part of your life, the reason is you just don't have power yet. I need more power. And the Holy Spirit comes to give us this power I'm talking about this morning. 
You will receive power. Church, can you say power? power? I just feel like some of you, you need more power. And the reason you need more power is because you need the baptism of the Holy Spirit in a greater way. It's not good enough just to uh, say the sinner's prayer. It's not good enough just to come to church. You need power to live right. You need power to fight demons. Do you know that there's demons in this world? Do you know that there's spiritual warfare that you go through? Some of you can't get free because you don't have power. Some of you are stuck in cycles of sin because you don't have power. You need power to fight the devil. And the power that you need is found in the Holy Spirit. At some point, you've got to recognize and say, I must not have this power that the Bible is talking about, but I want this power. And the power is found in the Holy Spirit. It's not good enough to sing about the Holy Spirit. You have to have the power of the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you. Verse 8, but you will receive power. Come on, church. Come on, church. Come on. We need the power of the Holy Spirit living inside of us. Like, that's his church. Like, without the Holy Spirit, we're not his church. If you don't have the Holy Spirit, and we'll get, we'll get to that point, you must have the Spirit of Jesus Christ to have to be able to say that God lives inside of you. It's not enough to go through religious motions. At the end of time, they'll stand before Jesus and say, Jesus, didn't we do this in your name? And he said, I don't even know you. Why? Because he wasn't a resident God. He was a God on the outside, right? We went through these forms of godliness, but we denied the power, right, that could set us free. We denied the power that can make us whole. And if I'm going to be here, if I'm going to be alive, right, if I'm going to be a man of God and be used by God, I want power right? I want the power of the Holy Spirit. And if I'm going to pastor a church, then I want to have a church that has the power of the Holy Spirit living on the inside of them as well. Listen, I don't care if I just got seven members. I don't care if I just got three members, but if they are filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, we can turn this city upside down because it's not about just, it's not about rumps and seats right? It's about power in the believer, right? You've got to have this power that I'm talking about. Amen? Amen. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and until the ends of the earth. So when you receive the Holy Spirit, you receive the power to become a witness. I'm telling, when I said last week that your life is a commercial, you'll really, you'll be a billboard when you get filled with the Holy Spirit, because things will begin to happen to you that should knock you out, that should take your courage away, that should make you give up, that should make you lay down, but by the power of the Holy Spirit, you'll still be standing. By the power of the Holy Spirit, you'll still have a testimony. By the power of the Holy Spirit, you won't give up. Why? Because the, he will give you power to be his witnesses, and you will be able to tell people about him everywhere. Let's go to Acts chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. 
and it says this. Now listen to me. Every single one of us needs the power of the Holy Spirit. I don't care if you're on the media team, the praise team. I don't care if you cook at Matthew 25 kitchen. I don't care if you hold the door. I don't care what your job is in this church or in this ministry. You need to be filled. Church, can you say filled? I'm not talking about having Sunday morning encounters with the Holy Spirit. I'm talking about being filled with the Holy Spirit at all times because that is where the power of God begins to envelop us and develop us and push us forward into the purposes in which God has called us to be. We're in Acts 2, verses 1 through 18, but I might not go through 18. So we just were talking about how Jesus gave disciples a commandment. He said, do not leave Jerusalem until you be endued with power. I wonder if they listen. Let's see here. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present, right, they were all obedient. They were all present. And what happened uh, suddenly came upon them. That's exactly what happened in our service just a little bit ago. A uh, suddenly came upon us, right? And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other tongues as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. It goes on to say that people, that Jews from every, just about every nation were represented there and they could hear this, this commotion going on. So they began to run to them in amazement and they were saying in verse 7, how can this be? that all of these nations were hearing them in their own language, but these were all Galileans, right? And all the way down to verse 11, it says, and we hear all these people speaking in our own language about the wonderful things God has done. What were they talking about? The wonderful things God has done. Last week, I told you that your purpose was to live a life that gives God glory. And now they were endued with the power of God and they begin to give him glory. When you're filled with the Holy Spirit, your mouth will give him glory. Your thoughts will give him glory. Your life will give him glory. I promise you today that this is the missing link. This is the thing that keeps Christians weak. When you do not have the power of the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you, it is, it is bound and determined that we will not be able to produce the, thing, the witness that God has through the testimony of the Holy Spirit living on the inside of us. So listen, it is never, it is never, it is never a person under the anointing. It is not them, right? I did not go to Bible college. I'm a college dropout. My grade point average in high school. It was kept in a file in the basement. That's how low it is, right? So I am not an intelligent man absent from the power of the Holy Spirit that is at work in me, right? It's the Holy Spirit that comes upon a person that gives them the power to be a witness for God and nothing less. Amen? Verse 13, but others in the crowd ridiculed them saying, they're just drunk, that's all. 
Then Peter stepped forward with the 11 other apostles and shouted to the crowd, listen carefully, all of you, fellow Jew. He's getting hyped because he knew what he was watching. He was there when Jesus said, I'm going to pour out my spirit on you. I'm going to give you power. He had read his Bible. He knew the prophecy of Joel, and that's what he's about to quote right here. Listen carefully, all of you, fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem. Make no mistake about this. These people are not drunk, as some of you are assuming. Nine o'clock in the morning is much too early for that. No, what you see was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, and we're living in those times now, the last days began 2,000 years ago. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. And that's exactly what he was doing in the building just a little while ago. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I will pour out my spirit even on my servants. On his what, church? Servants. You're a servant, servant. So you need the Holy Spirit in order to serve. It says men and women alike, and they will prophesy. So now let's look at the work of the Holy Spirit. I promise you the devil's been beating a lot of you down because you've been trying to live a Christian life and you've been failing miserably because we were never supposed to live a Christian life without the power of God. So if you were never told about the Holy Spirit, you need to hear this message today. It's not just about repenting of your sin. You have to be filled with the Holy Spirit as well to live a life that pleases God so you have the power to say no. So you you have the power to pull down your flesh when it rises up. So you have the power, praise him, baby. You have the power to do all those things that God is requiring you to do, especially when your flesh says things like this. I know it's time for prayer, but I'm tired. I know I should go to this class, but I'm tired, right? I'm tired, just not going to cut it anymore. You got to have some power, right? Shake yourself. Like, where's the, where's the Holy Ghost power to, to, get your, to get your hiney moving, right, into the things of God? Because sometimes I practice my excuses in front of God, right? Because we're all going to stand in front of God one day, right? So practice your excuses out loud and see how dumb they sound. God, I was tired, Telling me you're tired? I hung on a cross and died for you, and you wouldn't work for me because you were tired? Okay, I'm getting glares and stares and rocks and glass bottles. You don't see them, but they're flying at me. Let's keep moving. Come on, church. We got to come out of complacency. Come on. We need the whole... We, we cry, revival, revival, revival. Revival is personal, right? Let's be revived in and of ourselves first. Let's say, okay, God, I give you my life. I'm done making excuses. I'm going to live for you. All right. The work of the Holy Spirit. Let's go to John chapter 16, verses 5 through 15. Because you guys do know that the Holy Spirit just doesn't come to earth on Sundays, right? He's available every day to lead and guide us into all truth. John 16, chapter, I'm sorry, verse 5 says this. But now I am going away to the one who sent me, and not one of you is asking me where I am going. Instead, you grieve because of what I've told you. See, you're using your carnal mind. 
Church, can you say this with me, please? Because I, I need it too. And, and the, the enemy tries to bring so much discouragement against me because number one, sometimes I get in my carnal mind and when I'm in my carnal mind, I look at you all carnally. I do. I look at you carnally and it discourages me and it breaks my heart. And what the Lord has been telling me to do recently is don't be carnal, right? Be spiritual, right? So say this with me, church. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pronounce my carnal mind dead so that I might live by the spiritual mind leading me into life and peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Let me show you something that God's been showing me. Anytime you don't have peace, you're using your carnal mind. Anytime you're worried, anytime you're troubled, anytime you're afraid, anytime you're angry, anytime you're nervous, right? The carnal mind is trying to bring death to your life. So you've got to use the spiritual mind and the Holy Spirit is on board to run that program called truth, right? The Holy Spirit lives inside of you and the, pro the operating system of the Holy Spirit is called truth. And when you have truth, you walk in freedom. When you don't have truth, you can be bound with the lies of the enemy. Let's keep going. Verse 7. But in fact, it is best for you that I go away, because if I don't, the advocate won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world of its sin. So that's the one thing that we learned here in this moment, that if you've got the Holy Spirit, then he will. Church, can you say he? Not it. So when you hear people say, talk about it, Referring to the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is not an it. The Holy Spirit is a person, right? He is a he, okay? All right, so, and when he comes, he will convict the world of sin. So when you have the Holy Spirit on board, it doesn't mean that you won't ever think things of sin or maybe even fall into sin, but you will have an inner witness, right, of the Holy Spirit who will convict you of sin and say, you know what, mm -mm, that is not right. Like what you're doing right now, that is not right. That is sin. You need to repent. And I'm so glad. So if you're not married yet, uh, if you're engaged, I pray that you're engaged to a Christian, right? To be unequally yoked is very damaging to any kind of relationship or marriage. But I'm so thankful that I waited and God gave me a bride that was filled with the Holy Spirit, right? Because when you have a, a partner who is saved, and if your partner isn't saved right now, we believe right now in the name of Jesus Christ that if anyone in here is married to an unbeliever, God, that you're going to save them by the power of your blood, by the redeeming power of your spirit. We declare now in Jesus name salvation over the unbeliever. All right. But when you marry a believer, the beautiful thing about my wife, Brooke, is that she's filled with the Holy Spirit. Right. So if if she messes up, well, let's put this on me. If I mess up, right. Or if she messes up, we have a referee that lives in our house and his name is Holy Spirit. Right. So if she does something against me and doesn't apologize, 
She's got a witness that's tapping her on the shoulder, convicting her of sin. I said, you know what? That was pretty rude what you said to him. You need to go apologize. And you know what? I'm so glad that I've got a wife that is filled with the Holy Spirit because before the sun goes down, she will come over to her husband and say, baby, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done that, right? Let's give, let's give righteous wives a hand in the building right now for those wives that have the Holy Spirit living in them, right? The same thing happens with me. If I do something wrong to Brooke and I don't apologize, the Holy Spirit, come on, this is his job. So he's real, right? The Holy Spirit convicts me of sin and says, you know what? Well, actually, can I, can I be real, real with you right now? All right. So even in the middle of my text message to my wife, he's saying, mm -mm -mm, don't send that. Don't you send that. Don't say that. And my flesh is like, oh, but it feels so good. This will be a home run. This will put her in her place. Send. <laughs> Told you I'm going to be real with you. So I send it. And immediately, church, can you say immediately? Yeah. Immediately the Holy Spirit's like, boy, I told you not to send that, right? And it's, since you sinned, it's going to cost you something. And you know what it's going to cost? It rhymes with peace. Peace. It's going to cost me my peace because I sinned against her and I sinned against God. But now I've got to obey the Holy Spirit because he convicted me of that sin. And I've got to go to her and say, Brooke, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done that. Right? This is the job of the Holy Spirit. This is why he needs to be in the middle of your marriage. Let's keep going here. So he convicts us of sin, right? Um, let's, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak of his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory or by telling you whatever he receives from me. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said, the Spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me. So that means this, that yes, we've got the Holy Scripture, but we've also got access to the Word of God from the Word of God, who is Jesus Christ. And the Holy Spirit leads us and guides us into all truth. Let's look at Romans chapter 8, verses 26 through 27. And it says this, we're talking about the Holy Spirit this morning. Any servant of Jesus Christ, any servant, servant needs the Holy Spirit living on board. Let's look at what else he does for us. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. All right, so let's talk about speaking in tongues for a moment. Now, if it were quiet in here and someone stood up in this service and began to speak in tongues, there would absolutely 100% have to be an interpretation. Church, can you say interpretation? There must be an interpretation of tongues, right? So if you have the floor, right, and, 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 and you begin to speak in tongues, then there should be some type of interpretation if it's an address to the crowd, right? However, what you saw here at this altar a little bit ago 
when I was trying to say something, but it wouldn't come out, and I began to weep, and I went down under the altar almost, and I began to pray and to groan, I had no idea what I was saying, not any at all. And it didn't need an interpretation because it wasn't for you. It wasn't into the microphone. It wasn't an announcement to the church. It was just the Holy Spirit praying through me because I didn't know. Let's read the verse. All right, let's look at the verse again. But the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. So, so what he was doing as he was praying through me, was pleading for you believers. Because remember, I was like, God, God has something to say to all of you right now. And before I could get it out, I was just overwhelmed to pray. And I, it wasn't me praying, it was the Holy Spirit praying. And what was he doing? Pleading for every believer in here that they would receive the word that he had to say. And the word that he had to say was this, what else can I do for you? I sent my son to die for you. And I'm willing to fill you with my Holy Spirit. What else do you want from me? What else can I give you, right? And so before you could receive that word, you need to be prayed for. Why, why would you need to be prayed for to receive a word like that? Number one, so condemnation doesn't come upon you. So that you don't say, oh, man, is that me? Like, like so that it can hit its target. So those who the message was intended for, which was all of us really, will be able to openly hear it and respond accordingly to what God is saying. Because isn't that the basis of communication? That if we're going to communicate something to someone, they need to understand it so that they can do it. Okay? So I wanted to take a sidebar right there for that moment. All right, we're going on to Romans 8 and 9, and we're just about done, even though i got a lot more. I guess there'll just be a part 2, 3, 4, 5, 6 of this message. Romans 8, 9. But you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. Man, that's a big if. That's one of the Bible's biggest ifs right there. Look, you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are, man, this is good. The power of sin is broken for those the Holy Spirit lives inside. I hope you're catching this, right? If you're still struggling with sin time after time and time again, if you're living in sin cycles, you need to listen to this. You are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit. Here's this big two-letter word. If you have the Spirit of God living in you. And remember that those do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to him at all. Wow. That is a powerful truth. This is something we need to park on and dissect. Do you even have the Spirit of God living on the inside of you? Let's reverse it. Who then does have the Spirit of God living inside of them? They are the ones who are controlled by the Holy Spirit, right? Now, there's a lot of cars out there right now. I don't believe there's any Teslas. Anyone own a Tesla in the building right now that's out there in the parking lot? Okay, now, so this can be true. Every car out there right now requires a driver. 
you have to get in the car, you have to put it in drive, and you have to drive it. So if we, every car we see leave this parking lot today, ha, every car has a driver in which it is controlled by or it can't leave. So what this verse is saying is that if you have a driver called the Holy Spirit, then he's the one driving in you right now, and he's leading you into righteousness. Now, the only thing that makes him crash is you, is me, is us. He's a perfect driver. He knows every way that pleases God. He knows every thought that pleases God. But the only reason we crash is not because the Holy Spirit's not in control. It's because we let go of control. We say, Holy Spirit, uh, scoot over. I got this. Who does she think she is? Holy Spirit, I got this. I know I'm supposed to be waiting on the Lord and just trusting in him, but I got this. I, I, I'll just work 70 hours this week to make up the check instead of just trusting the Lord. Church, we've got to get this thing right. The Holy Spirit, if he lives inside of you, then you are controlled by him. Kimberly, you can return, please. Romans 8, 12 through 15 says this, Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do, for if you live by its dictates, you will die. What does this mean? If we keep listening to our flesh, if we keep listening to our carnal mind, it's going to kill us. You've got to shut that thing off. You've got access to two operating systems inside of you. It's called the mind of the spirit or the spiritual mind or the carnal mind. Every once in a while, we get over into that carnal mind and we get that program running and we get closer and closer to death because all the carnal mind can do is sin. Man, absent of God, remember, we're just sinners. Absent of God, we can't obey. We can't do right. That is why it's so important to have the Holy Spirit on board with his operating system called truth and life. Amen. Verse 13. For if you live by its dictates, you will die. But if through the power of the Spirit, this is how we do it. Okay, come on. This is, how we, this is how we do it. Maybe you were never taught this. Sometimes Christians can have sinful thoughts that pop up. Sometimes Christians can have lusts that pop up. But how do they deal with it? How do they win? How do they obtain victory? It says this. But if through the power of the Spirit, you put to death the deeds of the sinful nature, you will live. Do you hear that? Sometimes our thoughts are not perfect, but our ways can be perfect if through the power of the Holy Spirit, we put to death those thoughts and ideas that are popping up in our mind. But in order to have the power of the Holy Spirit, you actually have to have the Holy Spirit living in you. And who's allowed to have the Holy Spirit? Those who repent of their sins and receive Jesus Christ as their Savior, those who have salvation can have the Holy Spirit. But listen to me. You can grieve the Holy Spirit also. And how do you grieve the Holy Spirit? By Him telling you what is sin and you just ignoring Him and doing it anyway. By Him telling you, 
It's time to pray. It's time to go to the house of the Lord. It's time to worship. It's time to read the Bible. It's time, it's time, it's time. But over and over and over again, man, just imagine the Holy Spirit with his head down, just shaking his head and reporting back to God saying, God, I'm trying. I'm trying to lead them in the perfect ways. I'm trying to lead them into your glory. But this carnal mind, but they will not put the carnal mind to death through my power. Let's stand all over this building this morning. Stand into righteousness. Stand into the power of the Holy Spirit. If you really have the Holy Spirit, it means that you are led by his spirit. He is your GPS. He leads you and guides you into the ways of God. Let's close out this last verses. Verse 14. Man, this world is getting crazy. And you hear them say things like this. We're all God's children. Ooh, that's not what the Bible says. Verse 14. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. Man, Father, let that sink in. That if we're really children of God, it means that we're being led by your Spirit. And when you say something is sin, then we leave it alone because we obey your Spirit that lives inside of us. Verse 15, so you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you receive God's spirit. Oh my goodness, is that who the Holy Spirit is? Yes, you receive God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba Father. Father, my prayer for your church is that they would recognize that in order to be called your church, they need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's so easy to lay aside the world on a Sunday morning because it's tradition, it's religion. But Father, what if on Thursday afternoon you say, it's time to pray? What if your spirit says, hey, Come on, it's time to pray. Put your phone down. Come on, it's time to pray. Go in your room and shut the door. Close the door. It's time to pray. What should happen in that moment? Well, the truth is that if we are sons and daughters of God, then it is time to pray. We'll go do what you said. Because those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. Father, I thank you that New Life Christian Ministries and every ministry that is represented here are ministries that are filled with people who are filled with the Holy Spirit. God, I need your help. And the help I need comes from the Holy Spirit that lives inside of everyone that calls themselves a believer. There's things that this church just can't do without the power of the Holy Spirit. I love every single one of these people that you've given me as sheep, God. But it's impossible for any of us to do anything without power. We need power. 
So Holy Spirit, I pray from this moment forward that they hear these words. Church, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. He is our gift from Jesus. He is our comforter. He leads us and God leads and guides us in all truth. And your eternal purpose will never be fulfilled unless you have the power of the Holy Spirit living inside of you. Now, Father, I thank you that their eyes be open to see that there is power available. Let their eyes and their ears be open to hear what the Spirit has said to your church. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. If you desire to give your life to Jesus, we're going to ask you to come. We're going to ask any intercessors that are available, any elders that are available to come down to the altar. If you've got any prayer requests or prayer needs, we'd like to meet you here at the altar and pray with you. Combine our faith with yours and see God move. If you desire to be baptized with the Holy Spirit and you have not yet had that experience or you don't have that revelation of being baptized with the Holy Spirit, we ask you to come to the altar as well. I do thank you for your time and your patience today. I pray that you have a safe holiday weekend. But just remember that as we live our lives outside of this building, we don't leave God here. He lives inside of every single one of us. May the power of God be with you all through his Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. So Father, as I release them, I pray God that they would be witnesses to the world. They will be witnesses of your goodness, witnesses of your glory. Help them to see they don't need the Holy Spirit just to sing. I don't need the Holy Spirit just to preach. We don't need the Holy Spirit to dance. We need the Holy Spirit to live. And we thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you all. You are dismissed at this time.